I'm Ruben Belliard. I'm a New Yorker and a former Marine. I also own one of New York City's toughest fitness studios, The Training Lab. I've seen how adversity in the gym translates to valuable lessons in life. I'm obsessed with the fitness industry, and I'm always looking to learn and discuss what works, what doesn't, and how to be better. This podcast is a way to talk with other industry experts and share experiences and stories. I tell my clients in every class, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So let's get uncomfortable. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Mind, Body, and Business. Today's topic is one that I'm super excited to record. The life of a trainer, reality versus Instagram. To be successful in this industry, it takes much more than sexy pics and thousands of followers. My guest and I break down the good, the bad, and the reasons why we do what we do. Let's get to it. Today, we have a few talented trainers with us today. I'm just going to go around the room. You can introduce yourselves, give us two minutes about who you are, where you're from, what the hell you do, and then we'll kick it off, all right? Go ahead, Mike. Start with me. Yeah. Um, My name is Mike Ramirez. Uh, I'm a wellness coach. I coach individuals uh, on how to take ownership over their breath, um, over their training, and how to understand the function of food. Um, Spent about the last four years here in the city, primarily was a CrossFit coach. Um, In the last two years, I've built my personal training business as long with – as well, um, now taking on nutrition and working with people with food. Um, I spent six years running and managing some facilities down in South Florida and Miami. Um, and about two, I'm sorry, four years ago, got the opportunity to come up to New York City um, and live the, big, a- the, 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 the big apple life. Living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. All right, cool, man. Uh, Alex? Yes, I am Alex. I am a dancer originally. I kind of transformed into a trainer from the dance world. And I'm Jersey, born and bred. I moved to New York a long time ago, around 2009, and performed a bunch. And then kind of through that, got into training. And I love it. My focus is very much on form. Being a dancer, technique is everything, in my opinion. Uh, if you don't do it right, maybe don't do it at all. No, not really, but a little. But that is uh, my MO. Uh, I would love to get more into nutrition, actually. I am looking into going back into school to become a certified nutritionist because I give lots of advice, but I'd like to know more science behind it as fitness is a science. And that's it right now. <laughs> and now we have Sarah. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Coach Sarah. I... I am a strength and conditioning coach in the city. Um, I've been coaching for about seven, eight years. Uh, Prior to that, I was a competitive and professional dancer. Um, So that's kind of what got me into the industry. I coach full-time at Solace New York. And then I have been able to expand my um, clientele and now do more private one-on-one. Um, but I also, I specialize really in barbell, but mainly kettlebell work, um, and approaching it as a movement and unconventional strength, uh, piece. That's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Okay. That's good. Okay. Kettlebell. That's you in a kettlebell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So today here, we're here today just to discuss about, you know, like I said in the intro, like, you know, I think being in fitness is really cool right now, right? Everybody thinks it's really cool, but there's a grind that nobody talks about, you know, and I'll tell you my story. I, I started I started as a side hustle, right? I got out of the Marines and, you know, I got a corporate job for like a fucking month and I was like, this is not for me, <laughs> you know? So I like to work out. I was like, well, um, well, I like to work out. So it kind of like I was always at the gym. The guy, the owner of the gym, like, you should become a personal trainer. And so I did. 
Um, and I was like, all right, this is this is pretty cool. You know, this is not too bad. Um, and that's how it kind of started for me. I didn't think that this was going to end up. One of the funny things, I'm, when I was getting ready for this, I was like, well, how long have I been doing this? And I was like, fuck, 16 years. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm fucking old. You know, it's been a long time. But, you know, we all have to start. You know, it's been I've been around for a while and I've seen a lot of things happen. And, you know, I thought it was really cool. But once I decided, like, hey, this is what I'm doing for a living, like, fuck, man, I, I was waking. I mean, I've been waking up at 3.30, 3.45 for the last decade. I mean, I think I just stopped that shit about two months ago. And I was like, and I was <laughs> now like, that you're the boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, man, this is fucking cool as shit. Like, yeah. I don't have to, I don't even, I don't set my alarm anymore. I'm like, I just wake up whatever the fuck I want, you know? But, you know, in the beginning, like, I mean, sometimes, I, st- I mean, I was, I woke up at 3.30 yesterday because I had a cover for somebody, but it's hard and nobody tells you about that. So I think, you know, I want people to hear about, hey, this is what it really, it takes to do this. You know, it's not just posting, you know, a one minute video on Instagram and getting all these fucking likes. If you do it for a living, there's a lot of risk that you take. And um, we have to, you know, I think people should know what it is. And I think, you know, as time progress, as time has progressed since I started, it is a career, right? This is what we do for a living. A lot of people do it for a living, but I think there's still a disconnect between, you know, reality and you know the internet, right? So I, I want to hear you guys' perspective. Right? Yeah, the the inter- yeah, it's like there's a huge disconnect there, and I think you know hopefully we can give some people some insight. Like, hey, this is what really fucking happens when you decide that this is what you're going to do um, on a full time basis, right? So I want I would like to hear your perspective on it. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, um, I would say the biggest thing is understanding that from one day to the next. Um, you're pretty much under a microscope, right? So that was the biggest thing for me and the transition for me coming into it was... What do you do before you were a trainer? Um, I pretty much was just doing some like side kind of strength and conditioning work with some high school kids back home in Miami. Uh, but did primarily... You have, did you have any other job? Yeah, just... yeah, yeah. So primarily I was in construction. Okay. So I had like a few construction jobs. We started a property preservation company between me and a couple buddies. Um and, you know, doing like property appraisals. And then from there, a buddy of mine started to open and kind of launch some CrossFit gyms. Um, and he just needed some help. And it was just kind of more so same thing, like a side hustle where I just really enjoyed myself. And I was like, cool, I can actually go be somewhere where I'm not fucking dreading my life. <laughs> um, and just enjoy and interact and connect with people. Yeah. Um, but from one minute to the next, um, it shifts a lot. And the kind of like happy-go-lucky, like, oh, my God, I've changed my life. I'm into fitness now. I can help people and all this like story that you tell yourself to like bullshit the hype up in your mind. Um, it fades like very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> so then like like you said, reality hits. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're pretty much, especially 10 years ago, you're you're working for like a shit wage. Like your rate at a, you know. Paying somebody to coach a class back in the day was just managing and, like, triaging, you know, don't kill yourself. Yeah. So especially in the CrossFit setting where it was starting to bloom and grow, you know, you had 30 to 50 people in a classroom with one instructor. And it was like, dude, all you've got to do is go in there, open up the gym, make people sweat, follow something, and you're good to go. Um so obviously that turns into a grind of just, like, dealing and managing these class sizes. And then the next thing you know – Everyone wants to know who you are. Everyone wants to know, like, your life story. And to them, it's like this one-on-one conversation, but you're having that conversation day in, day out, every Every single hour of the day. And you're like, dude, cool. Do me a favor. Back up and just let me fucking breathe for, like, five seconds. Like, I've been at it for ten hours. Um, So, again, the kind of, like, realistic 
experience of the lifestyle starts to hit pretty quick, I think. Yeah, it's one of the things I've noticed. Every time I go out and like – you know, you go out with clients or you go out and it's like, oh, you do this. And then you're like, fuck, I got to go through this. Spe- I mean, I got to spiel. I just do it. I'm like, hey, is yeah. it, this is it's three minutes, three minute yeah. fucking yeah. echelon of like, this is what, I, this is my life. Like, okay, let's move the fuck on. Let's talk yeah. about something else. Because I talk yeah. about it every fucking day. Um, no, that's good. Alex? I think um, it's actually very similar. A big thing that I wasn't expecting was how exhausting, not just teaching, but like giving your energy mm-hmm. to other people. Because especially I came from like auditioning and performing and being a kind of being all about me and not in a bad way, but like I chose a career at first that was like, okay, I need to worry about what show I'm going to book. Otherwise, I'm not making any fucking money. Like, other, or I'm going to be waiting tables or I'm going to be doing this job that I dread going to and hate doing all to make sure I have money to pay my rent and then wake up for auditions. And then, like, by the way, when I was auditioning, I used to be like, oh, my God, a 10 a.m. audition. I'm Kill me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, let me just set my own for 4.45. Like, but, it, yeah, so I think I went from this thing that was, like, all about me and I was like, what sleep do I need? What am I going to do? And it became all this. And it's still that, but now it's like – all day, every day, with maybe a weird period in the middle of the day where I don't have anything to do except focus on myself maybe for an hour. Uh, It's, like, exhausting energy. Like, just giving people corrections and giving people my time and energy. And you really do. It's like being a hairstylist or, uh, you know, all those careers that people are in that you kind of are a secondhand therapist in a way Mm -hmm. where people just unload on you. I know all of my clients' life stories, what issues they're having with their spouses. Like, do you know what I mean? So it really is a – it can be a draining when you go home and you, like, sit on your ass on the couch at night and you're just like, holy shit, like, <laughs> that was a day. And you maybe didn't even work out that day or actually use your own physical body. You just were, are like, ah, enough. And then you open a bottle of wine probably. And my, my favorite is um, how <laughs> people will comment. Joint. Exactly. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite is how people would comment and be like, well, dude, you're a trainer. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, you have time to work out? Like, you have the easiest life. Oh, my God. Like, I'm people like, think you work out, like, 45 times a day. Yeah, I'm like, you're I'm going to break your mouth right now, dude. Like, that is not what my life consists of. I feel like of. you own a gym. What do you mean you, you didn't work out today? I'm like, yeah. I didn't fucking work out. I'll be like, you just taught do, that though. class. Like, you worked out. I'm like, that is not a workout. Exactly, I exactly. demoed the exercises, like, for six minutes. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, yeah. So, that, I think, is what I did not anticipate was the exhaustion of mm-hmm. my own efforts. Like, I'm being like, huh. Yes. I think the biggest, like, misconception is that, oh, you only work – a couple hours a day, you taught right. three classes right. or you had two clients. And realistically, to do this full time in New York City, you if you're doing Group X, people probably teach like 25 mm-hmm. to 30 classes. Well, you were telling me you, you had a year that it was – I mean, I was like, oh, shit, that's a lot of different yeah. gyms, a lot of hours you were working. I did. I worked at three different gyms and then I had my own clients on top of that and just kind of running all over the city – um, feeling like I was chicken with its head cut off and just trying to like make rent or just trying mm-hmm. to have a lifestyle in New York. Um, because like you said, uh, Mike, you don't like start making a lot of money either no. in the beginning. Yeah. You start on the lower it's side. It's laughable what people yeah. want to pay you sometimes. Exactly. You're like, are you kidding? Yeah. Right now? yeah. And so just, um, 
trying to manage either being in different facilities. I know a lot of friends in the fitness industry that don't work on at one facility. They are hopping around the city, either teaching classes or visiting clients from apartments, and mm-hmm. it's you're just all over the place. So having to manage that, which is also can be uh, draining too. Um, so people a lot of times do just see you in that one hour, whether it's a class or with a session. Um, and for classes, it's like Alex said, it is just not just physically the energy can be draining, but mentally. And then thinking, okay, I have a client um, yeah. uptown right after this. How am I going to get there? Yeah. And what is their program? And, like, you're always thinking ahead, yeah. too. So being uh, very organized, I learned over the years, is, like, a must. Yes. Um, <laughs> but then also when it comes to uh, – private clients too it's definitely not that one hour like that one hour session is a very small part of it it's prepping for them it's programming uh, constantly like checking in like i hear from my clients throughout the week um there's there's no boundaries there's there's no no boundaries Uh, my client texts me like 11 p.m i'm like are you fucking kidding but i used to be the same too and i think though to have like longevity because that was a rude awakening too because in the beginning you're like i'm doing what i love i'm passionate about this i get to help people and then like mike said it does wear off and you're like no I also need to take care of myself if I'm going to be in the wellness fitness industry. And I'm sure we've all experienced, like, you got to check yourself. Um, I reached that point, like, two years ago where I wasn't in a healthy place. And I was like, okay, now you just got to set boundaries in order to be the best trainer, best coach for your athletes. You got to make sure you take care of yourself. So that was, like, also a very – awakening moment too something that i didn't uh wasn't expecting and i think i think that comes as you you know you transcend through the journey right like at the beginning like everybody says we're all like oh this is i love what i'm doing i'm happy let's do it (laughs) like fuck this like i gotta wake up i gotta deal with like and when like i was a personal trainer for (laughs) like six months and i was like fuck this man (laughs) (laughs) like I am not about it. Yeah, I was like, I, I, am I know not. some lifers, and it's impressive. Like, Yo, that's like that hard work, one is, on one, and I'm like, it's just. It's and then I, lot. I started teaching classes, and I'm like, okay, this is a lot better, but I cannot like sit there and like have one on one clients. Like some yeah. people, do, like yeah, you guys I have, that. like yeah. yeah. But, I, but, I could, but if I didn't say. have both, I feel like I would be upset. Like, I have say one I would, client. Yeah. I have one yeah. client. And that is probably the only person <laughs> that I've ever trained. Whoever and, you are, you are very lucky. You're exactly. very honored but, right now. But it's it, we have a unique relationship. I've known her for a long time. And yeah. it's just like I tell her when I can, when she can work yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, this is the time you can come and work out. You know? All right. This, so, it's, so it works for both right, of us. Right, but, right. yeah, I don't know how people do it. Like it's all they do. Um, I went, Then I started teaching class. I'm like, oh, I, like I enjoy this. But as I found, like, it's exhausting. Like, you know, sometimes at, at – now when I teach like the evenings, like fuck, like tonight I got five classes straight yeah. because because I, I just because I decided to add an eight thirty class. I know I did it to myself. Fact, yes. I was just an experiment. I'm like, oh, I might not work out, and now it's fucking sold out. Well, I was gonna say it's gonna sell out a hundred percent. I was please. like, oh my god, you know, I was like, okay, so here we got to do it. Um, but at, even before the like on my, when seven thirty was my last class, I would sit in the office and I'm like. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get to my car and drive home because I'm exhausted? Because it's like people don't realize, like, oh, all you do is, you know, tell me what to do. And I'm like, it takes a little bit more than that. And then, you know, people obviously at the training lab, they require attention, you know. 
and I don't they mind. Expect it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't mind giving it to them, but it just takes a lot, right? It takes, you know, people don't realize that yelling and you know, and just just talking for fucking four hours yeah. nonstop. It's like and on your voice, hard, even. yeah. Like, I've lost my voice. I know you've lost your voice, Sarah. Like you said, like it's straining. Like on mm-hmm. your when I was auditioning and still training because like it was like a slow transition for me. I worked at like a mom and pop, which I still work at studio in Long Island City called Workout Factory. But, like, I remember when we first started, we didn't even have microphones, so I'd literally be, like, screaming to a room of, like, 16 to 24 people, and then having to, like, go do a singing audition the next day and being like, oh, excuse me. Like, I couldn't even do my audition. Like, it was terrible. But, so I don't think, you're absolutely right. People are just like, oh, you're you're just a, tr- what do you mean? Like, you're just walking around telling us, but focusing on that many people, too, at the same time, and trying to make them their best in that 45 minutes to an hour is a very challenging experience, and it's all like all of the studios that we work out it's only one person per you know what I mean it's not like a duo team or anything so you are responsible if someone hurts themselves in your class I feel like an asshole I'm like fuck like I should have been paying more attention like how did I not see you doing that when you were squatting you know what I mean? so it is it's it's like uh, it's challenging yeah. like yeah. and I was gonna say too um let's be real there are other instructors and other people in the industry oh, who make us look Bad because they do a shit job. Yeah. They're on their phones. Yeah. They're checking this. They're mm. doing that. So yeah. those are the dickheads that obviously yeah. like yeah. make it seem for everyone else Not who's looking from the outside that they're like, oh, dude, you have like a pretty cake job, dude. Yeah. Like this is pretty easy. I could do this. I could quit yeah. my job and do this. Ten and more. I'm just like, promise <laughs> you that you cannot. Um, yeah, no, yeah. you know, I went to a CrossFit class once and the instructor was fucking eating a, you know, a oh yogurt as she was teaching. Solid instructor. I was like, okay. CrossFit yeah. instructors especially I feel like get a really bad rap. Like I was one person when I first was coming up and learning about CrossFit. I, I like went to a few studios that weren't the best and I was like these they're like they're asking us to do a fucking barbell snatch and not even focusing on our form. They're just like get the bar up and I was like I what do, what do you mean? Or, I don't even or, understand how. Or even asking, hey, have you ever put your hands exactly. over your head before? Exactly. Have you ever carried a have you load? Ever touched a barbell? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yes, yeah. there's definitely people out there who are making yeah. us look pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. One of the things people don't realize is the strain that our body takes, right? Like you know, um, Coulter, he works at the training yeah. lab. He's had some serious issues with his throat. I mean, there was a uh, New York uh, Times article I sent to all you guys that hey, all these like voice issues that they're having. Yeah. Have you guys had any? Like, well, how do you deal with injuries? Because it's like, look, our body is like how we make our money, right? So if you right. get hurt, you know, on the job or off the job, people don't realize, like, look, we have to be very careful of what we do and right. how we do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've had three knee surgeries oh. in the last 10 years. So, Oof. I mean, Mike saw him on the last one. I, he, called, he came into the gym. I was just laying there because I was like, <laughs> fuck. He's yep. like, what happened? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm just laying here and trying to, re- you know, he's trying to the pain to go down yeah, so I can yeah. figure out who what to call right, yeah. and what the fuck to do. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's hard. So, like, have you guys dealt with any injuries? Like in the on the job, in, or even that it affects your job. Um, I mean, I've got. I definitely, yeah, I was gonna say I definitely have. Uh, for the most part, like the smaller injuries, you just try to as best as you can deal with it while still trying to make an effort to like you know yeah. if you can come out, coach your classes, see your clients, whatever the case is. But ones and especially early on, I would definitely sacrifice myself for the job, so to speak. Um, but now, especially within the last five years, fuck that. Like if I need to take time off. Um, I need to be an adult and have things set up so that I can take time off and take care of myself. So with some of the injuries I've had, the neck injury I had, you know, like all that. I mean, well, I tell, to, tell people because that's a pretty cool story. Um, cool. The short, the short version. The short version. Uh, okay. In a nutshell. Um, really cool. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that time that you almost died, super dope. Um, 
No, I think it's fucking unique, man. You got to hear yeah. this. I was doing like every minute on the minute power clean workout, uh, building up to a heavy single. And then at the end of the EMOM, I went to go pick up the barbell, rack it for some back squats. Um, I monkey gripped so I didn't wrap yeah. my thumb, for those of you listening, yeah. right? Um, and just in like a hot Miami summer day, the bar slipped Ooh. completely out of my hand. So as I stood and extended, um, the bar just completely flew up. And as I looked down, it caught me in the throat. Um, I fractured my trach and oh. um, collapsed my larynx. So I have oh two titanium plates. Holding wait, wait, that's not even the interesting Holy part about it. That's shit. not even the interesting what? part. What happened after? He, he like kept teaching his class. Shut so I spat up. out like a chunk of blood and I was like, I'm good. Like, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, went to my car, smoked the bowl and then came back and just kept, <laughs> and just kept coaching classes. And then about two hours <laughs> in, breathe? I so that was the thing. And about two hours later, I'm like having difficulty breathing. Yeah, and then obviously. as I'm starting to speak, I can legitimately feel a flap in my throat. And I was like, okay, red flag. Something's wrong here. Um, <laughs> That so, was your yeah, red flag. Yeah, 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 a red flag. Um, so I went to the hospital, and right away, like within seconds after the CAT scan, they like strapped me down to the bed. They're like, "Dude, your larynx is about to collapse. We'll have to like put you in the OR, call who you need, but you're going into surgery, and you'll be exactly. like a week in ICU, and we need to start your uh, your trach like immediately." Um, so yeah, Ooh, it was that good time. trach is horrible. Ugh. Yeah, I was very very lucky. They were able to handle the swelling, so it was just incision. Okay, um, good. Thank God. But yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty aggressive. And how long was that recovery? Um, about two to three months. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was real. Hey, could you even talk through the recovery? Or did so you well, did I you... have some gnarly pictures. Um, yeah, I actually had I like a that. drain coming out of yep, my throat yep, for about three weeks. Yep, so once cool. I actually got home from ICU, I had the drain coming out. So it was amazing to step out and go out in public and just oh. watch people's reaction. <laughs> like, is this fucking dude serious? Like, there's a drain coming out of his throat. <laughs> You know uh, that. Yeah, literally. And <laughs> I'd just be like, oh, what's up, girl? Um, <laughs> but, dude, it was um, it was gnarly. I had to drain out for about a week, and then they took it out, stitched me up. But even when I had the stitches, I couldn't speak. I couldn't, like, oh, raise shit. my voice to a certain yeah. level. Um, then you'd do, like, voice therapy, I'm assuming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, it was just, like, slowly getting back in and, you know, breaking a sweat every once in a while and just kind of getting back to being a normal, functioning human being. Well, did you work? Did, were you working after that? Absolutely not. No, no I, lit- I legitimately took about two months off of not making any money. So that's Just that was my things. first wake-up call yeah. of like, hey, adult time, like yeah. you need to have your yeah. life set so that if, God forbid, something happens, you have two to three months of like a window to like get your life together, dude. Can yeah. anybody top that story? No, I was just going to say, no. I, sound like, <laughs> I sound like a total pussy compared to that. I'm like, I sprained my ankle. Really no. <laughs> yeah. I had a freak accident happen um, like a year and three months ago with a kettlebell. Um mm. I was practicing a movement that I've done many times. It was a swing, and then you rotate it 360, Mm -hmm. catch the bell, and then swing again. So it flips, rotates in the air, and then you catch it. Something I've done many times, and I was like, let's record this one more time. For the gram. For the gram. And this did not end up on the gram. Um, And I missed the bell, and I was practicing on MMA mats, and the bell bounced, bounced. hit My leg took my leg out and I collapsed. And you know when uh, things happen so abruptly and you just laugh, but it actually really hurts? Um, I kind of just jumped right back up thinking nothing happened. In fact, I went um, and then went down to the gym and was like heavy back squatting. I did front – I did cleans and everything like that. And then so smart. And then I (laughs) continued – I think I coached uh, four classes that night and I was like, wow, my leg is really swelling up. What part of your Um, leg was it like your – It was just below to the left of my kneecap and didn't get it looked at. Um, 
went home to see the family like two and a half weeks later and they're like you need to go to the emergency room it looks like you broke your leg I was able to walk on it and I was coaching on it but I couldn't really put much weight on it and it was like it wasn't more than twice the size of <laughs> my other leg <laughs> Silly, um, slight it, red flag. It, 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 took you, just, it took you two weeks ago? It took me two weeks, and they're like, you could have blood clots. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. That's why? what I thought was going to And do. I was like, really? It just – I thought it was some bruising, um, <laughs> basically because of the impact. And then I continued to squat Yum. heavy on it, uh, just built up so much tension. It was just massively bruised. Um, and I, like, couldn't run on it for, like – five months i couldn't squat i was like deadlifting hinging doing burpees with like one leg and oh just couldn't really bend it or go up and down stairs thank god there's no I, hematoma or like no that's crazy. um yeah. it was just a massive one oh, actually oh, it yeah okay. it was okay. it was yeah. um and i forget what i ruptured some kind of sack near your kneecap Oof. Um, These are the things, like you, you know. But people... I, could, I kept coaching on it, yeah, thinking it was, it was nothing. <laughs> you're like, just... this will go away. Yeah, and... yeah, it's one of those things. Like I've, I mean, I've had a few. I mean, I remember I used to live on 35th Street, and my studio was on 35th Street mm-hmm. after, and I had a really bad knee. My second knee surgery was really bad. But look, like you said, you have bills to pay, right? Mm-hmm. You have to. So yeah. I had a fucking wheelchair, and I would wheel my ass to the fucking. <laughs> I love that yeah. so much. Yo, and at that time, I owned Warrior Fitness Bootcamp, right? Mm-hmm. So we used to wear camouflage bottoms. So this they, was what. So this was like 2010. Like so they thought I was like a wounded vet, yeah. wounded vet collecting money yo, on the corner. Yo, people, I, people would push me up. Oh Fuck is Murray, God, uh, Murray Hill? I still remember Murray Hill. So it was fucking a pain in the ass. People like people would push me up the. Fu- like you want some help? I'm like yeah, help me out. I was gonna say, yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Of course, help me, yeah. You know, but you know, it made me also realize like. You know, people in wheelchairs have have it hard because I was yeah. like, I was going to the bank. I was like, how the fuck do I open this door? Yeah, there's no. I'm like, where the stairs? I, I, you know, you so to learn like your whole life. Yeah, so it's yeah. one of those things that you know we have to take. Instructors have to take care of their bodies because yeah. this is like, if you don't have a plan yeah. set up, well, if you don't work, you don't get paid, yeah. and if you yeah. don't get paid, it's no bills. You know, they at first of the month you have to pay those bills. Yeah. So I think it's very important. You know, and I, people overlook that a lot. I hurt myself because of a faulty instructor, and I was pissed. I went to a studio in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Zoo, and this teacher was like, "So I love the studio. I fucking love it. It's super dope. It's so dope. I, I, they teach like dance there, and you can just like flip off of walls. It's amazing. But I went there, and the teacher from the jump was like, "Oh, I don't want to fucking sub this class. Blah blah blah." She was like so Debbie Downer from the beginning. She's like, "I've been here all day. I can't believe I agreed to sub this." Blah blah. I'm like. Bitch, you agreed that you are here, so just. And do you know her? Or are you just a no, client, just, just taking was, her class. It was like there was like eight of us in the class, and oh. she was just complaining as she, where she's warming us up uh, no, in a circle. No. This is her banter with us. I'm like, you are not winning right now. So, this is her thing, and then she didn't like. We were doing like uh, what is like frog, not frog jumps, but when they set up like the leap pads, almost like in the beginning of Ninja Warrior, you know what I mean? like yeah, jump and jump and jump as part of our warm up. And she didn't like secure one of the mats properly. So I went to jump like full body weight off of it and it just slid. Oof. And I landed basically like in a full split with like my left ankle, like on the top of my ankle was like on the ground. And it was like, Gah-gah. and I was like, do you think you hurt yourself? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's already like a cantaloupe on my foot. And I, and then she's just like, well, we're going to go upstairs. So if you can rejoin class, let me know. And what? I just like hobbled off of the mat and like went, and they didn't even like, I was like, can you guys at least like reimburse me for the cab, the $60 cab I have to take back to my Washington Heights apartment they're like ooh we're so sorry you signed a liability release I was like so no, <laughs> but I was training at 5.30 a.m. the next day like like, yeah if you don't show up you don't make money and yeah, that is no. the bitch of, of it yeah that's I took the... zero days off and couldn't walk really. yeah like I took 
I mean, a week off with knee surgery, and I was yeah. back with crutches yeah. and teaching class because yeah. that's yeah. what you got to do. Um, well, let me ask you guys this. You know, obviously, our, our job is not like a nine to five. I like to say uh, five to like nine. That's how <laughs> yeah. we work. Yeah. But how do we balance? How do you guys balance that with like life and like just a personal life? Because in the beginning, it's all about it, right? We're all about it. And then you realize, like Mike said, like, yeah, I'm over this shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, but then balancing becomes a struggle, right? right? So, Give us some perspective on how you guys balance. So let's let's start with Sarah because yeah. Mike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like you said, <laughs> yes, he's always right. <laughs> <laughs> um, even like you said in the beginning, it's like, yeah, we love this. I can work, hustle, yeah. hustle, <laughs> sixteen hours a day. Woo, no social life. Um, and then I really uh, reached the point. I want to say like two and a half, two years ago, where I was like, this is not sustainable. Um, I am like not well or you know i'm burning the candle at both ends you gotta change something or you gotta set boundaries as much as we love what we do and we're here to um help our athletes um like i said you will be a better trainer and coach if you set boundaries for them and so after i like checked myself i was like okay you need to make some life changes and also, maybe that means you change jobs too. So, but you guys set yourself up, Sarah, so you are a more um, living a balanced lifestyle. So now I can actually I can say like I do you have a very balanced schedule of like early mornings, but I only do like two evening clients, um, and normally I'm done midday. Um, and I have the weekends to myself unless I'm doing pop-up events or I'm covering or I, I do program, a couple, spend a couple hours over the weekend to program. Um, but it, was, it wasn't always like that. And I really had to make some changes like for work and for personal in order to find that balance because we do. Like trainers have weird hours of like – Early mornings and late evenings, and then we have this, like, chunk of awkward, awkward yeah. time. Um, I'm fortunate enough that, aside from two clients, all, everyone else has, like, weird scheduled jobs, so I can train people um, at 10 o'clock in the morning, 11.30, and be done. That's, like, the perfect candidate right it there. Is. <laughs> it really is. My peeps that I train are, are the best. I'm yeah. like... Yes, thank you for having a weird job like me <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> so, but just setting up boundaries and um, it's hard. saying like, it's hard. I am available or you have these options for times. Um, I constantly am going back and forth because it actually happened a couple of months ago where I was just getting fried again because I was like, yes to this, yes to this opportunity. Great, I'm connecting with these companies, whatever. And then I was like, girl, you got to just go away, get off the grid for a moment and regroup. Um, but it does take time and you're constantly – because who doesn't – like Alex said, say you don't want to say no to clients. You don't want to say – but giving yourself that those boundaries and being able to set up your schedule so it is balanced and you can get – Seven to eight hours of sleep a night, which I, oh, I do. Yes. I wow. Do. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. In bed at like nine o'clock yeah. um, every night, even on the weekends. Um, I know when I'm able to take care of myself and have that balanced lifestyle, I'm able to present a better um, self and coach better. Um, so that is something that now I just make a priority in my day-to-day -day life with my clients, with work, with um, – Personal life, okay, no, yeah. That's how you do. It. How about how do you, how do you do it? Uh, I think at one point I was bird like 
Sarah said, burning the candle at both ends. And I think I finally realized I was also making too many exceptions of being like, oh, yeah, like I'll pay. You could only pay $75. You know what I mean? There was I was just going being like, oh, I get it. And then being like, hold up. You live in a. Like four thousand dollar one bedroom apartment in Long Island City, you can go fuck yourself. Like you, you not not to be rude, but like you just don't want to. You don't think I'm worth the hour of one hundred and twenty five dollars or whatever I happen to be charging. So like I think me being able to rework my schedule to be like if I charge the right amount of money, I don't need to train forty seven people a week. I can train the people that I genuinely want to train and train less. And charge more and have it be valuable instead of, like, training a bunch of random people one time a week. Like, what is that really going to do for me or you? Like, me training you once a week is, like, I might as well, we might as well just go have coffee somewhere. You know what I mean? But, so I think that me really setting boundaries but also... Like not taking bullshit from people. and Just knowing your worth. I think that's important, Knowing your worth. Exactly. Knowing my worth and saying, like... Oh, now I have the luxury of being like, you know what? I don't think this relationship is going to work out for me. Like, I, you know, I think that's super important as a trainer to be able to be like, I'm breaking up with you. This isn't working out. I know you're still paying. You plan on paying me, but like for my mental health and my sanity, like this relationship is not healthy. It's it's toxic. No, absolutely. Like, <laughs> but I think. You know, I think everybody has to pay their dues before they can oh, do sure. it. Oh, sure. Thousand percent. You have to pay your dues you before you can do it. You have to say yes. You really, yeah. I am you like proud to be in a place where I'm like, I know my shit. I'm proud of what the information I put out. I'm proud of the work that I do to keep learning as a trainer because I think that is imperative. I think there's a lot of people who are just like, I know what I my shit and that's all. And I'm like, you're wrong. I'm right. And they don't ever venture into actually learning or knowing or being like, well, let me see the other side of this. Maybe there's like, we're both right. Just. In different ways so I I think being proud and knowing your worth but you must take the steps it's yeah, like yeah. anything yeah, yeah you, you have gotta to pay your dues. start from the bottom yeah. now we're here <laughs> now we're thank here. you Drake <laughs> uh, no just to piggyback off the ladies same thing um, A you do need to pay your dues um, but when I left the actual like class structure and working for a gym and running classes um, I took a break and I was just like now with personal training clients, like something has to give. And same thing, like I went through uh, two years ago where I just went through my list of clients and I started to fire people. I was like, <laughs> dude, you are a handful and you don't want to be helped. Right, right, what right. you want is somebody to babysit you for an hour or for you to have some sort of escape from your buddy. wife, yeah, your yeah. home, your work, whatever it is. But homie, that's not going to be the way we spend our time. Right. So I went through a phase where I cut out people and I fired them. And, you know, if they had packages left, either we finished them or I gave them back their money. Um, but I've definitely set it up now in the last couple of years where, like, I can honestly say in the last two years, completely worth the eight years of bullshit I put up with because yeah, I have that, the most, course. like, amazing clients. Like, I've been super blessed to just either have some sort of alignment where I've met somebody or been referred. Um, but, dude, I see four people four times a week. That's Amazing. Like four days, I do four sessions in those days. And you still coach um, CrossFit? No, I don't no, coach okay. CrossFit anymore. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. Like I can just dedicate four to five days max if people have some rescheduling. But I'll do max four sessions in a day. And that's because I want to. So the 75 minutes that people have with me is 100% like 
the best 75 minutes they're going to get. I give them the connection. We communicate. The language is there. And so they're having a breakthrough for themselves. Um, and on top of that, now part of what I do with all my clients is I work with them around their food. So their food is by far the number one thing. I always prioritize like breath, understanding how to breathe, um, food, and then physical training. Uh, so now they get all that. So A, it allows me like um, Alex was saying, like you charge a shit ton of money. A, you're in New York City, and B, if you know what you're doing and you can produce results for people, like they will pay the money. And the one thing that they won't do is when you walk in and you kind of are like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'll take yeah. the $50 yeah. session. Like some CEO hedge fund dude like doesn't – is just going to walk all yeah. over you. If you yeah. stand there and you're like, dude, what is it that you want? Cool. So let me tell you what it's going to cost you. It's right. 175 It's 75 minutes. We're going to spend the first 15 minutes doing this. Then we have our physical training. We have our cool down. We're going to cover your food log for the week. And then you're out of my face for the rest of the day. Yeah. And more than like nine times out of ten, those people will be like, cool, I'll pay you whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah I think they – I think people value that, that authenticity mm -hmm. and like – like honestly, and if you don't like it, then find somebody else. Yeah, you know, exactly. because you know, I guess, but that comes with experience, right? Yeah, no, 100%. You know, it comes with experience, and you're like, I'm not gonna take this shit. You know, like I think I'm in a unique situation, right? Because I, you know, I own the I own the training lab, so it's really hard for me to have a balance. You know, of and course. I and I have two fucking kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love them, but yeah. the, this, I mean, you mean you have a real life yeah. outside of the gym, bro? <laughs> wow, balance is almost yeah, impossible when you yeah, yeah. It's, kids it's like, like yeah, it's what? just like it's insane. So it's like I've. You know, I've slowly kind of like set boundaries. I tell people, I be like, well, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? I'm like, you know that thing they call work balance? That shit doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really. fucking exist. It's just all. work. Yeah, it's just fucking work all the goddamn time. Um, but you have to like carve out. Like I know that people people know my schedule, people that work for me, right? So if I'm not at the gym, I'm with my kids. And yeah. if with my kids, don't fucking call yeah. me. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm, with, I'm with my kids and I'm just spending quality time with like, you know, Kylie. Last night she called me. She's like, Ruben, I'm sorry to call you, but I have a question. I'm like, yo, it's okay. She's like, I, you know, because yeah. you can, I can tell in her voice. She's like, She's like fuck. Oh, fuck. Wow, I gotta call him. <laughs> but I'm like, it was okay because I, I mean, that's part of my job. Right. Um, but in the beginning, it was just like, it was just a grind. And like, I don't answer emails um, after noon on Fridays. I'm like, Unless, unless it's really important, yeah, right? Yeah. Or if, like, I don't have – if I have a free time, I'm like, I'll look at my emails. But people, you know, they, they're like, hello, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like so follow up email. Like, it's been less than 24 hours, man. Go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, you're asking me for yeah. – you're asking me a question about something for next week. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be answered. Um, so I think that's really hard. But it, like, like everything else, with experience, you learn how to balance it. You know when to, like, okay, I have to do this. You know, and I said, I mean, because sometimes, look, I tell people everything stops with me. So, you know, fucking Christmas fucking day. Guess what? Our, line, our fucking washer was was done. Oh, yes. I remember, remember that. Yes. It's like the washer was broken. We had no towels for the next day. Oh, we had a full fucking God. day. Next day. And I was like, guess I'm doing fucking laundry on fucking Christmas day. Oh, and shit. I did it, you know, and, and you, know, you can't bitch about it because yeah. it's like it allows me to not have to set a fucking you alarm. Here, I live in Brooklyn. Okay. I live in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, so that's one of those things. So the next question is like, why do you guys become trainers, right? I, I, I want to know why. Like, and I think people would, you know, people have different reasons why they want to become trainers. I think the reason that happened to me was kind of, like I said, I didn't, I had a corporate job for a month and I was like, fuck this. Um, um, what but was the corporate job? I used I used to run security for Deutsche Bank executives, oh, right? Yeah. So when I got in the Marines, it was is all you know, they're all Marines, and they're like one of my buddies, like, look, man, they pay thirty dollars an hour, and I'm like, what? And I was like, I'm there, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what was I was like, what, twenty four? And I was like, yeah. okay, what do I do? Wear a suit and sit in a fucking in a room? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then I was like, fuck this suit, man, this sucks, you know? Because again, I didn't have a I spent eight years in Marines, so I didn't never I never wore like a suit. And I was like, this is crazy, but it, I think that. For me, it happened in the Marines, right? So 
first two years I was, you know, I was in like the what they call like the rear Marines, like in the fleet Marines. And then I got transferred to a school. So I was a teacher in Quantico. And that's where I think it all started, right? Because I was, it was crazy. I'm 20 years old and I'm teaching classrooms of 60 people on these like combat skills that I've learned. And I kind of like, you know, mastered throughout my only two years. But, you know, at 20 years old, I'm like an old guy in the Marines, you know? (laughs) So that's my first experience of teaching. And I really enjoyed it. And it was, I'm like, this is, this is pretty fucking cool. And then when I got out, and I started – it didn't click back until I started teaching group classes. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is kind of the same feeling, right? This is my I'm – like, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is – it reminds me when I was in Marines. But this time, I'm, like, impacting, like, regular people. And I'm, like, feeling – I felt like I'm actually doing something, right? I'm not just crunching numbers. Right. I'm not just sitting in a goddamn office looking at a screen. I'm, like, yeah. really helping people. And I'm, like – I mean, it took a while. Like, I, it was it was a side hustle for about a year, and then I'm like, I'm gonna fucking do this for forever, you know? And that's when I'm like, all right, and I'm like, and I just went all in, right? And I was like, this is, I'm happy. I had, I was making a decent amount of money, and I and I had a plan. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm the if you know me, I'm the type that I have a I have an idea, and I fucking execute it, you know, very fast. <laughs> Hence this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of those things you. that that's how it happened for me. I was like. You know, it started in Marines, and then I've had the Simpsons. I didn't think I can replicate that outside, and I'm like, oh, shit, I can. And I get paid way more money than when I was in Marines, and I had more freedom. Uh, my friends in Marines still don't believe that I do what I do when I get paid for it, you know, yeah. so it's fucking, <laughs> so I'm winning. But, you know, I will, if you guys can share with what why you guys became trainers. I mean, I, if we discuss, we haven't touched that, have we? Like me and you personally? No, no, you, like you. Why do you become oh. a trainer? Yeah. Um... And at the beginning of the podcast, you kind of talked about like you yeah, just kind yeah. Of fell into I would it. say a hundred percent. It just started as well. Let me rephrase it. Is there was there a point where you are like, yo, this is what I want to fucking do forever? Um, yes, um, and it wasn't in any of the moments that some people would think that you would have having that moment of being like, I want to do this, you know, like for the rest of my life and be in the fitness industry. It was the it was the moment where I could relate as both a client and a coach. And I mean that because growing up and doing like, you know, things sports specific and having coaches, you see the impact a coach can have working with you um, to produce the results that you want. And for me, it was with basketball, right? And being able to grow and what I was able to do with basketball, I was like, fuck, dude, I owe a lot of that. Like, yes, there's talent there, but the structure, the discipline, the impact that my coach had on me was like top notch. Um, And then I had started coaching for a few months. And when I was actually able to work with kids, because adults suck, um, (laughs) when I actually saw the impact that you could make, not only on what they're actually doing, how it transfers to life i was like okay this is dope dude like this is coming full circle like this was me x amount of years ago like this is some you know kid having the same kind of moment where he's seeing the impact not only here on the you know field or whatever it is that we're working on um but also how it pertains to life and school and how he's about to like set off into his journey um that's what like really drew me in was the impact i think a lot of people try to draw or make try to Every time you talk to certain instructors, they have, like, this crazy elaborate, like, I was destined to do this, and <laughs> God picked me single-handedly, and da-da-da-da, and I'm like, cool, bro, you're trying to draw meaning to, like, nothing. It means nothing you're a coach. Yeah. It's the impact that you have. Yeah. Um, so that was it for me. Yeah, I think, you know, I th- no, there wasn't, like, an aha moment. I think yeah. it's a series of, like, incremental things that happen, right. and you're like, right. wait, this is this is 
I really enjoy this and this yeah. is yeah. making it's sense. And it's yeah. happening. It's happening. And putting the you work know? in. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, the impact, and you said it very well, the impact is very important. Like I was, this is, this is I'm going to go on stories. I'm old guys. Yeah. Why are we still stories? Oh, yeah. Get them. Um, I was up t- upstate, some fucking farm, like an hour and a half north from New York City with my kids. And like, this person goes, hey, Ruben. I'm like, who the fuck are you? You know, she's like, you trained me for my wedding 10 years ago. I was like, oh, my what? God. How the fuck do you remember me? That's awesome. And I was like, awesome. oh, shit. Hey, how you doing? I have no idea. And then two minutes later, hey, Ruben, what's going on? I'm like, who the fuck? I'm like, another guy. I was like, where the fuck? She was like, yeah. But this guy, I did remember him because was, he was, you know, we had a really good relationship. So I did remember him. So it, was, it was literally 90 minutes away from New York City in a farm. In bumfuck upstate New York, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then it goes back to like the impact that you have on people. Yeah. Um, Okay, enough of my story. (laughs) Uh, I like I said because training was a side hustle for a little bit, but it became uh, more apparent to me that I genuinely wanted to maybe transition out of performing, or not completely, but at least become you know instead of my side hustle being waiting tables or something. When I got back to New York, because on tour. And on, like, all the gigs I would do around, like, you know, in Vermont and North Carolina and all these places, I would get a group of people together from the show, whatever contract I was on, and be like, let's go work out. Let's go do something. Like, and I, it really brought me, I would get more excited about doing that than about, like, doing the show I was doing at night. And I was like, well, this is off. Like, I, I was genuinely excited to make people feel like, oh, shit, like, when I did those jumps in like America, like during West Side Story, I felt so much stronger when I land. My knee didn't hurt me afterwards because we did those squats. Like it was so cool to see real time changes in people just from me being like, hey, I know you're a female and you'd want to get bulky. I know you guys talked about this last week, but like we would start implementing straight strength training and being like, don't be afraid to pick up this kettlebell. Don't be afraid to pick up these dumbbells and lift a little heavier and really build strength. And like, especially with females working with a lot of my clients are women. Um, it's really cool to, like you said, like baby steps, like to make people, women specifically for me, see impactful change in their body and mind through like strength training. So I think when I started myself learning more about strength training and then implementing it and having people on a farm, you know what I mean? Or just like (laughs) around Long Island City where I live, like run to me and be like, oh my God, my back pain is gone. Oh my God, my knees don't click anymore when I do that thing. Like it's just so cool. And then I was lucky enough and I also trained for this thing called Class Pass Live, Live, which was like a live streaming app. And that was very cool because you touched like a thousand people at once, like training from a live studio and reaching. And so then you're getting emails and messages being like, oh, can you help me with this? And that was really when it clicked in when I was doing Class Pass Live. Like, oh, shit, I want to do this forever, I think. Like, and potentially try to find a way to do it myself after Class Pass Live shut down where I can reach this many people with actual knowledge base, not just be like, do these burpees, like, for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like Wait, are how you, ma- are you I... making fun of the Instagram people? No, never, never. <laughs> That's what it's not do, yeah, do these mountain climbers and burpees and you're going to lose 45 pounds. Uh, it's just, it's, I really have, it's like my mission now to like create something that will hit the masses and actually make people give a fuck about how they're moving. Not just, I need to lose weight or I need to like get skinny. Like, no, you need to get strong. You need to learn how to move better for the rest of your life, not just for this moment in the gym and you're just I my pet peeve is when I'm when people say like I just don't want to think when I'm working out I'm like what? well then you shouldn't you be fucking working out like, <laughs> like I recently took a group fitness class 
I won't mention the studio, but she's like, I just love it. It's all up on the screens. Like, you don't even think. I was like, well, that's your problem right there. Why you have bad posture and your knees are fucked up is because, like, you don't want to think. You just want to look at a screen and be like, like, hit battle ropes on the ground. You'll never actually learn how to use your body in a functional way and move better. Like, it's, it's very frustrating. So I would love for people to actually give a shit. And I think it's, like, the trend of fitness right now, which is exciting, that people are actually wanting to pick up heavier weights. Like, it's not the bulky thing is becoming less and less, and women are like, I want to be fucking strong and badass. Like, they don't want to just be, like, look like Kate Moss. You know what I mean? Like, no more 90s cokehead vibes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Got it. But yes, that is my many aha moments. Yeah. Um, I had many and similar to Alex. Um, I danced, uh, I did musical theater professional. Co-kid vibe. I like that. Um, I got <laughs> we got to keep that one. So I, uh, but I got into the fitness industry through encouragement of friends because um, I had always been training, um, being a competitive dancer professionally. Um, and so once I started coaching and training um, group classes in that way, I had my first aha moment of like, wait, you can connect with people um, closely. Um, you can help people. And I love doing that. Like you also love doing fitness. I was yeah. like, but I can make um, money and a lifestyle of doing that. Um, prior to that, I always thought it was like a side hustle of uh, the fitness industry because I think outside of other um, – outside of New York and major cities, um, oh, yeah. it's got to be yeah. – I don't know if that's actually the case where yeah. you can coach um, or be a trainer full-time. Um, and actually live like and pay your – yeah. Bills. Yeah. I know, yeah. So I think uh, that was my first one. Um, but then I was still uh, performing for years and still also doing uh, fitness and I – I uh, found myself that I was like, I don't want to go to that audition. I'd rather go to this seminar. I'd rather do, <laughs> I'd rather do this cert, or I don't want to leave the city because I've been like, um, just creating a strong presence in the industry. Um, also, performance uh, caused a lot of anxiety for me at that time, even though I was able to work pretty consistently. Um, so I had a lot of back and forth for a few years of like. Wait, doing something that people say you should do because you've been doing it your entire life, but even though it puts you in a not the best headspace, or do something that um, is really fulfilling for yourself and then for the people that you're connecting with, um, it was kind of like a no-brainer. And um, so at that point, it was about like three or four years ago, I had decided to fully retire from performance, and there was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, and I just... I was grateful enough that I had already been training uh, for a couple of years. So it was a really easy transition um, to go full time into the industry. And as um, now, I, I think even the people that I've met over the last few years, they just know me as Coach Sarah. And they're like, wait, <laughs> I call you that yeah, <laughs> they're like, wait, you performed, you danced. I was like, yes, that was many years ago um, that I forget about that. Um, but so there was like a gradual progression, but I just felt like I was getting pulled in, pulled more towards the fitness and wellness industry because um, that kept my curiosity as I did more of it, whether it was training myself or training others, going through different certs, doing uh, educational things. I was like, I just want to learn more and more to share um, more with others. So there were a lot of aha moments, but I just um, had that honest conversation with myself of like, 
go to where you're being pulled. Don't resist. Don't really it, lean right. into it because I think it's hard. I think it's yeah. hard to make that leap, right? Yeah. I think because no pun you, intended. <laughs> 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 I think. Um, you know, like you guys are dancers, and believe it or not, like <laughs> a lot of people that I come across, they're fucking dancers in oh, yeah. the yeah, theater sure. and this, and yeah. it's, and it's like, look, that's you know, when you're young and you're like, oh, this is what I want to do, and then you're like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fucking like you do this. Do it yeah, because you've put so much, so much time, time and, and effort in it, right? Yeah, like I have the studied talent. it. <laughs> yeah, like I should, I went to college for it. College, like, yeah, I'm like, like sorry, like, parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and look, that's one of the things I think that people, you know, you go to college for certain things, but it's like. You know, when you're like fucking eighteen, you have no fuck, you, have, yeah. you have no idea like yeah. what you have no perspective on the no. world, right? Like you don't, you know, you think you know everything, yeah. but you don't yeah. fucking no. know a no. goddamn no. thing. You know, it's like so you're going through these things, you get pigeonholed, and then you're like, fuck. Now yeah. because of these social pressures, like, well, I went to college, I got a degree, I got to do this, but in actuality, you don't, you don't know what the fuck you're doing mm-hmm. until you actually right. live like. Like real life, like college is not real life. Or, I mean, well, not only that, to... dude. Who are you compared to who you were when you were like twenty four years oh, old? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So yeah. it's yeah. it's it's crazy, you know. So, but piggybacking on that, you know, we all kind of started this as a side hustle, right? Yeah, but right. nowadays, obviously, fitness is mainstream. It's a big thing, yeah. you know. One question I posed to you guys right before we started this was like, you know, do are people thinking like, look, this is what I want to do for a living? You know, I think part of it's why we have this i have wanted to talk about this like you know are people thinking because it's so popular like hey i want to be a fitness instructor but do they really know what it takes right, you know right. and it's like instagram is scary too. exactly uh, there's yeah. a lot of instagram businesses that i'm like what in the actual fuck like who yeah. who are you and who but, but because it's so it's not regulated yeah, yeah like, it's just one of those things that yeah. yeah and it's one of those things that it makes you know part of me struggles with like does it make our profession like legitimate? You know, because it's like you have all of these like people just doing high si- side hustles where we're like, you know, everybody here's in their thirties, right? So we've been doing this for a long right. time, mm-hmm. and this is like this is what we do. But it's like you know, somebody that's twenty five or twenty six, and they're like, well, I want to just dabble in this. You know, those are the people I think that. You know, and again, it takes some time to say this is what I want to do, but you have so many of them now that's right. like, how do you, how does the public, right? How does the consumer, yeah. In such you know, an oversaturated exactly? Yeah. How do you d- decide for well, this guy, he's just you know, insta famous, or this guy knows exactly what right. they're doing. So it's 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 a hard thing. Like, um, so I guess my question to you guys is like, do you think like today, twenty twenty, do people th- like, do you think people actually think like, look, this is what I want to do for a living, like young, you know, and not consider it as a side mm-hmm. hustle how yeah. we started, you know. I think, um, like, today, people even, let's take Instagram. I know someone in their 20s that they're like, I want to be an influencer. Yeah. Because of what they see on on social, social media. media. Um, that has or, actually become a career and as, to like, be an influencer. You're 22, and that's what you want to do? Yeah. What are you influencing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then with the industry, too, because uh, social media, it's a double-edged sword with fitness. Um, you can put out great content and then you see not so great content um, as a consumer. And if they're looking for a trainer, really just doing your research, like what is that trainer's background? What is their education? How they put their head down and put that work in to um, perfect movement, know how to move, know how to program, know how to communicate and relate to people. Um, or, or do they just look good, you right, know, and right. they kind of fit that mold and they're not actually able to execute. So I think on a consumer's um, side of really just putting their research, um, for those that are starting out um, when they are young, um, they you can make this 
your um, a full-time career. Um, if you put your head down and you put the work, get educated, you know, question um, people who have been in the industry just to learn um, and not be so focused on trying to gain a following until you've done that work. Um, and, but then also the important thing is too, like we talked about how fun it was in the beginning and then that dies really fast yeah. of you got, you'll reach a point in your career when you want to really focus on longevity. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not teaching like a million classes running around anymore, you know, but maybe it is like just having a few clients and dedicate your time to that. So, and that's different for everyone, but, um, you can get into this industry for sure and have it be a full time. There's many different avenues now with streaming now with more online. Um, but making sure that starting out, you do educate yourself and that you practice what you learn and don't just, I did a two-day cert, and now I'm a master know, in yeah, this yeah. part. No, put the time yeah, in. Yeah. Put your yeah. head down. Put that time I in, think it's, there's and a lot then of, you'll move. There's a lot of avenues, too. Like, I've started uh, – we did an event, and, like, lip, this place, Limber, was there. Like, L-Y-M-B-R. They're, like, a mm. stretch therapy place. And I went – I did, like, the intro, and it's awesome. And all of the therapists almost are, like, I'd say between the ages of, like, 20 and 30. And it's a different avenue. Like, And a lot of them, they're all, like – kinesiology degrees and like physiology and anatomy degree like sports medicine like it's a it's amazing I'm like wow there's all these kids and they even say well I want to eventually open my own gym or open my own rehab prehab like like fitness facility so I think a lot more people are looking at it as a career career yeah. and especially in the line of like opening their own business like as like you'd want to open your own restaurant I think people are like oh shit like this is really cool group fitness is huge right now like so I think there's a ton of people my brother's girlfriend even for a while was ex-girlfriend uh -oh. <laughs> whoopsies <laughs> that was recent um was even like hey how does this work like very because she was very on the fence with her career so I think it's being taken more seriously as a you know, not in the days of, like, Arnold and stuff of being, like, if you're in the fitness industry, you're a bodybuilder or you're a physique competitor or you own, like, a muscle gym. It's more like there's so many avenues that you can go down now, whether you own, like, a rehab facility, a group training, you're just, like, a badass personal trainer that is everywhere and has your own independent training spot. But, like, uh, that wasn't a plug for independent training spot. It's just <laughs> – uh, but, yeah, so I think it's a very real thing, Um that, in this it's growing yeah it's, absolutely it's, it's, it's happening become, yeah it's yeah. becoming more mainstream right yes for sure um yeah i definitely think just to piggyback off the ladies too um what you're seeing is now especially with the wave of how people are becoming more educated and understanding what it really takes to create longevity and health in your life and that there's different aspects of it not just your physical training i think we are basically coming into a time where gyms and facilities and instructors can really really the ones who have put the time in and the education the experience the reps like they are the middleman of like the healthcare system now yeah. mm -hmm. so they are what's keeping somebody from eventually having to go to a hospital or go see a doctor for some dire need and being told like you need these pills or you need to have like this procedure yeah. done like we are the middle ground now of like the healthcare system i think that's where it's going and i think that's where you'll start to see more of a demand where people are like, hey, if I'm going to spend $300 on a studio or I'm going to spend this amount of money on a personal trainer, like 
I, I need results. Like, I need to see, like, what can you provide? And I think that's what will start to, like, weed out and kind of bubble effect. I think that will start to weed out the people who are just there to, like, look good or, like, you know, make right. some money while they're in between whatever transition there is um, that they have going on. But I can definitely see where that wave is now starting to come to the front line. Um, and you're going to see a lot of instructors or even studios like finally either like get the boot or whatever the case right. is because there are a ton of instructors there's a ton of facilities in the industry um that run a fucking horrendous yeah. product yes. um yes. and it's le- and it's not only taken away from the people who are legitimately doing this the right way but it's also putting people at yeah. like risk for it's a like lot of things yeah 100 yeah, percent. Like truly 100%. responsible and people are smart people at least and people who actually go and try different places like even people on class pass as much as people shit all over class pass like it is awesome for a consumer to be able to be like oh let me try this studio let me try this studio and then if they're not idiots they can be like oh that class was horrible and the instructor didn't even look at me one time didn't even remember my name like probably wouldn't even recognize me if i saw them three seconds later and then oh shit i went to training lab and like Ruben remember my name. Ruben like gave me a correction. Ruben like pushed me really hard. Like pushed me past the threshold. Like they will push remember me down that. the stairs. Yeah, push me <laughs> straight down the steps with a weight. With a weight. <laughs> <Wait. laughs> No, I think it's all about experience, right? Yeah, you have to have yeah. experience. And that's one of the <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Four. Four, <laughs> don't even do fucking look there. at me, bro. They don't do that there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good. All right. That's, that's fair. I think it's all about experience, right? I yeah. think. And I think, like you said, the consumer I, – I always call it the fitness IQ, right? People yeah, have the fitness right, IQ right. and as they grow, smart, as they yeah. grow, it gets higher and, like, oh, and they can tell the difference yeah. between a – he has no idea what he's, yeah, he's doing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this place is legit. Yeah. Like they're doing right. something right here and I'm going to keep coming. Yeah. And I think that's what, sta- that's what makes people stand apart, right? Um, but just to wrap this up, right, I want to know – obviously we all have – like we're doing – we're in it right now. You guys are doing it. Like, But I mean where do you see yourself in like – 15 fucking years. Like, I mean, because this is like, look, I always tell people this is this is a a young man's industry, right? Like, you know, when I was, you know, 28, 27, I was like on top of the world. Now I'm like 40. Fuck, I'm going to be 41. And yeah. it's like, you know, going up those steps. I'm like, God damn it. This is like hard. I can't get, you know, I, I just right before I came here, Daria and Sam pulled me up like, yo, you got to work. You got to work out. So, you know, with us. So one of the rules that they kind of do to me at the lab is like if they see me in the office for more than like three hours and they're going to work out, they force me to go out yeah. and I'll work out. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. Accountability. Uh, man, accountability. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I got to do it. So I did it. But it's like, it's hard, it's hard you know? So, but And I think you, you know, you decide, hey, this is going to be my career. And like, like me, I like to have, you know, plans and like execute stuff. Like what, like what are you guys thinking about? Where are we going to be in 15 years? You know, like what do you, where do you foresee? You don't have to have a plan, but what do you foresee you doing in 15 years? Because at that point, you guys would be as old as I will. Yeah. I <laughs> I might be there sooner than that. Yeah. <laughs> sooner, much sooner than 15 years. Uh, I really, like I said earlier, I really need to, it's like my goal to figure out, well, first of all, just how to make sustainable money. I don't need to be a millionaire, but like to make enough money to live my life and not have to show up for every single dollar that I make, that would be a fantastic thing and have like a little bit more passive income where I can be and have enough money to be like, Hey, mom, dad, family, you want to go on vacation? It's on me. Let's go. You know what I mean? Just to have, be more comfortable and not be like, oh shit, if I don't go teach and train for this whole week, I make zero dollars this week. To put out a program or some kind of app or like really move with the technology of this world now and try to create something that is more accessible to a larger group of people that is quality 
and still makes puts money in my pocket but I'm still reaching a massive amount of people whether that's you know like I said an app or a video online program and it's still I still need to figure out a way to be in their face at the same time because myself and my boyfriend as well Dean like he's a trainer we want to do something together and we need to figure out a way to be in people's faces from whether they're in Hawaii Japan or New York and still feel like we're in the room with them and like they're getting training from us personally because we are what divides us from like the next trainer that they can go to Dolly Dinkle Gym Academy you know what I mean and learn so we need to convince people like hey we might be 50,000 miles away from you but you're gonna get the best session and like program of your life from us in this app or on this video or so that is and I think that's something that technology has enabled right Right, it's allowing like I wasn't available 15 years ago so this is so I think it makes it easier for other people to do it now I'm gonna add like you know people if you're you know being in the fitness industry is not about making uh, if you think you're gonna come in here and just fucking crush it and make a million dollars and make I mean that's probably the wrong reasons to do it I mean there are a few people that have done it but look it's a grind and it's like it's not and Some, you didn't see all the things they did before Exactly, that. Yeah. right? So it's like one of those things that people are like, you're not going to, you know, drive a Ferrari yeah. <laughs> in this industry, I'm just saying. Right, right. Um, right. Sarah, how about, how about yourself? Um, yeah, so in 15 years, I would love uh, to be by the beach, somewhere warm, <laughs> um, working a little bit less. Um, I love working, but I would like to shorten that time. Um, what does that look like? It's already has evolved, um, doing something that I didn't think I would be doing like eight years ago. And even my training and my coaching career has evolved, like where, how I started, I started out doing kickboxing and that I don't think I've kickboxed in like five years. <laughs> so, um, how I'm doing, going to get to that, like, um, end point, it will probably change. Um, I really want to do more on the educational side and still have a few clients and like maybe do a pop-up class here or there, but working more with um, developing coaches because um, I had the opportunity to have a head coach and who really built, uh, coached me up because it's one thing to read things in a textbook and mm-hmm. then get – um, a cert, and then it's another thing on how to um, do uh, <laughs> practical and communicate. So I want to be able to do more transition into that and then continue to develop a movement system that um, is still very much of a baby of primal and kettlebell movement and launch that where um, you are able to do a cert and you get certified to teach that. Now you have that in your studio. And along with that, it would be more online, too, as far as you get the programming for that. You're qualified to teach that system. Go ahead. You can do it in the middle of nowhere. You can do it in New York City. So really continue to expand on that uh, movement system as well to um, evolve that. So have those be my two focuses. Sounds good. Sweet. Um, Mike? I'm very, very direct and very exact because I've – I have this in my head. But I'll start thinking about it. He's been thinking about it. No, from before. This is like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is something that's like ingrained in my journaling, in my writing. It's 100% something that will uh, come into fruition. Um, But no, I always, uh, I'll start this off with one of my favorite quotes from uh, Michael Scott from The Office. Um, And it's not a funny funny one, but um, in one of the episodes, he says that uh, people will never go out of business, right? Um, So to me, in 15 years, I have passive income. I own a facility. I work two days a week on building my staff um, to produce an amazing fucking high quality 
quality product. Um, and the rest of the time is spent with my family, my dog, my pickup truck going upstate to my house. Beautiful. Love oh, that. Shit, he's got a plan. You have out. that house already? Absolutely not. Do you have a dog? Do you have a dog? Do you have a dog? Wait, well, you have a dog? Yeah, back home in my Oh, I was like, I've never yeah, fucking yeah, heard yeah, about yeah. this dog. <laughs> and I know Mike. Back home, back home. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, that's exactly where, I, where I'll be in 15 years. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Um, did I say last thing already? Yeah, yeah but it's okay. I'm going to say one more thing. And one more thing. Just one piece of advice you would give like just a new trainer that's just kind of like you know this is like they're hearing this and they're like one month into this career like give them like one piece of advice and you can't say the same shit no <laughs> um, I'm a person no. <laughs> <laughs> let me jump on this <laughs> um I would say um for people to be open-minded. I think that as you start to fall into like, hey, I want to do CrossFit, I want to do this, I want to do that, movement and principles and fundamentals are all the same. Yep. And if you don't mm -hmm. understand how the body works um, and understand that all the different methodologies are just different interpretations, yep. um, you're going to be in a very one-dimensional box and yes. people will pick you apart and you will fucking suck at your job. Yeah. Man, he fucking said yeah. it all, man. He said everything. Hey, that's know, it. Just... Yeah, just get educated. Like, n want to know ha how and why and where. Like, that's that's it, really. Just want to know more all the time. Don't ever think you know more than the person sitting next mm -hmm. to you just because you're fucking stubborn. Like, stubbornness will kill you. And people are so set in their ways. A lot of people that I meet in this industry are like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I met someone the other day. I was like, you should come take my class. And he's like, I don't do group fitness. Like, that's stupid. Whoa. And I was like... Okay, it's not like group fitness. Like it, you're not going to a dance class. Like, <laughs> Step aerobics class. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I think just get educated, be open minded. Is so smart because you have to have an open mind to personalities, to people, to different perspectives. Uh, but education, always want to learn more. Don't just think that a NASM cert or you know like a, your typical CPT is enough. Like you always have to be doing practical involvement in your daily life. I think it's, it's live. Live what you speak. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, adding to that, um, yes, get um, educated, but continue to practice yes. too. Yes. Um, a lot of times, like, don't just do the cert and then it's like, this is my brand new fun toy to use, mm. but actually practice. Have some time. Put time into um, your own movement quality um, and understand because then that will relate on how you break it down, how you communicate with others, how you teach it. Um, you'll have a greater understanding of why um, the client is moving a certain way. Well, maybe they're disconnected to the floor because you put the time in to practice um, your own craft. That's good. I would, I, I said, I would say um, kind of like, I think, well, let me take a step back. I think one of the reasons this whole podcast started was to help me, you know, kind of meet new people, right, and just yes. talk. I mean, obviously, I know you guys, but a little bit in deep, uh, in more depth, right? Yeah. And I think that in this industry, everybody, like you said, Alex, like, everybody's like, oh, I know everything. You don't fucking know everything. Nobody you does. know, nobody yeah. does. And, and people get so jaded. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, it's like, one of those things. And I think that you have to, you know, I, I always tell people, like, fitness is unique to the individual, right? It doesn't matter, like who you are. Everybody has their own thing and, and that changes through, through through life. I mean, it's happened to me. There's certain things, there's certain times in my life that I wanted to do and then I moved on right. and I switched. So I think being open-minded, you know, talking to other people, not knowing everything that, not thinking you know everything and they make, and, and just experience different 
classes or different right. training methods because, you know, you're going to learn as an instructor, you'll learn different cues. They're like, well, yeah. you know, and it, it all it comes down to how do you communicate with your clients, right? So some people you just – some people you can't just – you just can't explain how to fucking squat. You're like, fuck, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, just fucking squat. Yeah. But they don't understand <laughs> it. But, Sid, your you, ass know, you know, I think one – like, I'll use an example is – you know, Johnny, you know, he works at the training lab and he gave me a great cue because I was, I was, I'm like, look, I have this hard time with this person. They don't activate the lats. He's like, just tell them to bend the bar with their shin and it happens. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, I was struggling with like how to really tell people like just this muscle right here, just fucking squeeze yeah. it. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> understand Pull it. it down. Yeah. But he just did that and it literally took him two seconds to yeah. tell me that. And I was like, fuck, yeah. I use it all the time now. So I think yeah. just – Talking to other people in the industry and and not feeling like we're you know you're fighting for clients or yeah, just yeah. for like rep, which I think is I mean that's going to be another podcast, yeah. but I think yeah. that's very prevalent right yeah. now. We all need to support each other. Yeah. It's really important in this industry, like that we are all lifting each other up and trying to help each other learn more instead of being like I'm in competition with you. We're not. We're like a true fit family, for lack of a better hashtag. Like you know what I mean? Like, but it's it is. <laughs> We all need to be in support of one another, not trying to, like, knock each other's knowledge out or, like, punk one another. It's not – exactly. it's just not nice. <laughs> all right. Well, I think – I mean, we covered a lot of things today. And I think uh, – I thank you very much for uh, all you guys coming in here and sharing your story, you know. Appreciate the invite. Yeah. yeah. Nice. This thank is you. so official. Epis- thank you. Episode number Amazing. two. Woo. Oh, woo. I'm um, so honored. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, and be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Until the next episode, keep pushing, keep learning, and keep getting uncomfortable.